23 more days until Christmas. 23, well, I guess with kids, kids like to count sleeps, don't they? 23 more sleeps until Christmas. 23 more sleeps until the presents and the packages and the the gifts and the celebration. 23 more sleeps until Christmas. 24 more sleeps until you get to say, I can't wait for next Christmas. My parents, my parents had this, this thing. They, they were sticklers about waiting until Christmas Day to open presents. They would not let us open any presents. Well, me anyway. I don't know about the other two sitting back here. But we were not allowed to open any presents before Christmas. And I don't know how many times I went to my mom and I said, hey mom, uh, the kids next door, they get to open one present on Christmas Eve. That sounds like fun. Can we, can we open one present on Christmas Eve? And my mom would say, well, how can it be a Christmas present if you don't open it on Christmas? Of course you can't open a Christmas present early. It's not Christmas yet. You can't do that. And so when my kids got to a certain age and they would come to me and they would say, can we open a present early? And I would say, well, of course not. It's not Christmas yet. How can you open a Christmas present if it's not Christmas? And then Trish would say, of course you can open a present. And we, we open presents after that. But I will say this for my parents. They may have been a stickler about waiting till Christmas, but once Christmas arrived, game on. Okay, Once it was Christmas, Game on. And there were times when I got up at 3 a.m. to open presents. And you know what? They got up with me at 3 a.m. And we opened presents. We took pictures around the tree. We played with toys. And then we all went back to bed for a little bit. But once Christmas arrived, it was always time. It always came on, on December 25th. And it always came just in the nick of time. We tend to get in a hurry sometimes. We get in a hurry these days. We rush things. We we push things. In one breath, we'll complain about how early Walmart starts putting up all the Christmas decorations. And yet, when it comes to our own impatience, we can't wait. There's things we can't wait for. We want what we want, and we want it right now. We want healing right now. We want wholeness right now. We do not want to have to wait for, for our blessings. We don't want to have to wait for that perfect life. We want it now. We just don't seem to be able to wait on God's timing. And yet at the same time, if, if we look with patience, if we're paying attention, we see that God's timing is, is always perfect. Whatever our need, however hurt we might be, His grace to meet our need always arrives just in the nick of time. And that is a message that we find all through the Christmas story. We find the message of God's perfect timing that whatever your need God stands ready to meet it today. We're going to look in Galatians chapter 4 today. Galatians 4 verses 4 through 7. Those blue Bibles in front of you, it's page 974. And it might seem kind of strange going to Galatians. We just got done with Galatians. That's where the fruit of the Spirit's located. We're going back to Galatians one more time. It might seem kind of strange in a Christmas sermon to go to Galatians. When normally we would look in Matthew for the story of Jesus' birth, or maybe we would look in Luke for the story of Jesus' birth. But the Christmas story is more about more than just the birth of Christ. It's about the anticipation. It's about the waiting. But it's also about the promise that God sends us exactly what we need just in the nick of time. And so we begin Galatians chapter 4, beginning in verse 4. 
But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Those first words in verse 4 tell us so much. But when the fullness of time had come, God. I I want you to hear those words not just about Jesus' birth, but hear those words for yourself right now in this moment. But in the fullness of time, God, whatever your need, whatever your hurt, whatever it is that makes you feel lost or alone or inadequate or less than someone else, you hear those words, but God, He stands ready to meet your need. He stands ready with His perfect timing. You saw His perfect timing in that video before the sermon, didn't you? I mean, all through the video, you think it's about kids getting ready. Kids who can't sleep on Christmas Eve. Kids who just can't wait to, to see what their presents are. And then you get to the end of the, uh, of the video and you hear that last line, the true love of Christmas truly began when holy God became holy man. And suddenly you realize it's bigger than just one day a year. It's bigger than just one night. This is, this is everything. And it's all about God's perfect timing. When the fullness of time had come. That statement right there, it, well, it's pregnant. It's pregnant with, with meaning. So much is wrapped up in those words and so much about the timing of, of Jesus' birth. So what was so special? What was so special about the timing? What made the time of Jesus' birth so full? Well, we could look at that question historically. Historically, what was happening that made that the fullness of time? Historically, there was no better time for God to have sent His Son. The vast majority of the world was under the control of the Romans. And the Romans had what they called the Pax Romana, the Roman peace. It was an enforced peace, but it meant that everybody was at peace with everybody else or else. We're, you know, we're going to keep you at peace. So the whole world was under the Roman peace. So it was a time of peace for those who would, who would travel around. Also, the Romans had connected the world through the Roman roads. The Romans loved to build roads, and they had connected city after city and country after country through the Roman roads. So decades later, after Jesus is born, the Apostle Paul and others are able to travel from country to country and city to city, and they're able to take the message of the Gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And the Romans had also, in, in perfect timing, had connected the entire known world with one language. The Greek language connected everybody. It was the trade language. Everyone spoke Greek. And so they were able to carry that message under one language. Perfect, perfect peace, perfect roads, perfect language. The time was absolutely perfect for the Gospel to spread. And on top of all that, we have prophecies in the Old Testament that told us that when the Messiah came, He would enter the temple. When the Messiah came, He would enter the temple of God. And, and it even says that when the Messiah, in those days, Messiah would enter the temple and the glory of the temple on that day would be greater than the glory in Solomon's day because God would have come in the flesh to the temple. Within, within 40 years of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, within one generation, the temple would be gone, never to be rebuilt 
again. If God had sent His Son too soon, the Word would never spread. If God had sent His Son too late, He would not have been able to enter the temple. He would not have been able to fulfill those prophecies. So historically, societally, prophetically, theologically, God's timing was perfect. The time was full. Now here's where it impacts you and me. If God is so powerful that He can arrange for the right politicians to be in charge, yeah! And if God is so powerful that He can arrange for a Roman peace, that He can arrange for Roman roads, and He can arrange for for, for a common language, if He can arrange things that perfectly, what makes you think He can't meet your need in His perfect timing? What makes you think He's not still able to arrange things perfectly to draw you to Him? Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, he says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promises, as some count slowness, but He is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And in those moments when you wonder if God is there, if He cares, if He even knows your need, the Bible tells us that He is ready. That He stands ready in His perfect timing. And in His perfect timing, God offers you His perfect gift. In His perfect timing, He he offers you His perfect gift. We spent a lot of time in Galatians this year. That's where we find the, the fruit of the Spirit. You still remember the fruit of the Spirit, right? Good. You still remember the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians is a difficult letter. It's a harsh letter. It's, it, it, it's a very hard letter because the people in Galatia had been lied to. Paul was writing to, co- to correct a lie. They had been lied to and they had bought into that lie. They had been told that the only way they could be saved was if they kept the law of Moses perfectly. That they had to keep the law of Moses perfectly. They had to do all the things that the law required. That was the only way they could save if they lived a perfect life with perfect obedience or they wouldn't be saved. And Paul is writing to tell them it's not about your perfect life. It's not about your perfect obedience. It's about God's perfect gift. You ever have one of those Christmases where you thought, I've got the perfect gift? You know? One of those Christmases where you think, I've got the perfect gift for this person, and you're just so full of yourself. You know, I I did it. I finally did it. I'm going to win for Christmas. I've got the perfect idea. I've got the perfect gift. And then you give that gift to that person, and, well, it's it's not what they want. You ever do that? Trish used to have this this thing. I guess we still do it. But every now and then, when, when we were first together, she would put her feet in my lap. And she would say, Rub my feet, please. And I would rub her feet. We got married, and first Christmas, about a week before Christmas, I'm in a store, and what do I see? I see slippers. Heated, massaging slippers. They had a little remote control, and it made the slippers vibrate. Another button, you turn it on, and they got warm. And I thought, this is perfect. She's always asking me to massage her feet. She is going to love this gift. So I bought that gift. I wrapped it up. I got it all ready. I even let her open it early. Christmas Eve, I said, you're going to go ahead and open this because this is the perfect gift. And I sat there and watched her unwrap that present. And then I looked at the look on her face, the look that said, what's this? 
it's heated massaging slippers. You know how you're always asking me to rub your feet? These will do it for you. I don't have to anymore. Turns out that wasn't what she wanted. Turns out she liked me rubbing her feet. That it was kind of a relationship thing. That that act of service was, was part of her love language. You know That she wanted me to rub her feet. She didn't need a machine to do it. She, she wanted me to do it. It was about relationship. You notice what Paul writes here? He says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. You see, we didn't need another law. We didn't need another law. We didn't need another list of things that we couldn't do. We didn't need another list that proved what big losers we are. We needed a relationship. We needed someone who would show us our worth. Someone who would show us that we are valuable. Just like Trish did not need a machine to rub her feet, she needed a husband who would show her that she's valuable and rub her feet. We didn't need a law. We needed to be set free from it. We needed to be redeemed. We needed relationship. And that was God's perfect gift. And for that relationship to happen, we didn't need a law to keep us down. We needed to be redeemed. Jesus, Paul says, he says, we have been bought with a price. We think about His body broken. We think about His blood shed. We even think about that during Christmas. It's, it's part of the story for us because the cross is always there pointing us towards that perfect gift. And in that gift, we're given exactly what we need. We're given more than we can imagine. We are given God's perfect purpose. You see, the sadness of the law was that if you wanted to obey God's law, if you wanted to obey God's law, you had to become a slave to it. You had to be enslaved to the law. It would own you. It would consume you. You would never be free because you and I are not perfect. Try as hard as you want. You cannot keep God's law perfectly. So in God's perfect timing, He sent His own perfect Son, the perfect gift, the only one with perfect obedience to do exactly what the law required to set us free from the law and to set us free from death. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. God's perfect purpose. See, it wasn't enough that He set you free from your sin. It wasn't enough to Him that he, that he simply set you free from the law. It's not enough that you're no longer a slave. Verse 5 tells us that we have received adoption as sons. You belong to God. You are His children. He loves you. That's the perfect purpose Jesus has brought into your life. I hope I never forget the story that Nyla Seals told me about the day they got the call that, the, that they had a baby for adoption. Nyla and Wayne had been waiting for that call for a long time, and, and Wayne answered the phone, right? Wayne answered the phone, not Nyla, and so Nyla only heard half the conversation. And I'm sure it was a lot of, yep, uh-huh, yep, uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, Nyla hears Wayne answer this call as they've been waiting for a baby. She hears him say, we'll take them. Um? <laughs> we'll take them? 
And that's how Nyla found out she was having twins. Right there. She found out she was having twins. She told me today that if there had been four of them, Wayne would have taken them all too. You know, it didn't matter how many. He, he would have taken every one of them they, they offered. But the, I, I love that story. I love that there was no question. I love that there was no debating. I was, love that there was no wondering, should we, could we, can we? Just, we'll take them. And suddenly, Wayne and Nyla had two wonderful children. You hear that? I want you to hear that in what God says about you in these verses. Hear that about what He says about you in this verse. There's no question here. There is only relationship. It's not about your baggage. It's not about how you've been hurt before. It's not about wondering, am I too broken? Have I sinned too much? Does He even love me? Instead, it says, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into your heart. And through the Spirit, you cry out, Abba, Father, that word Abba, it's Aramaic. It's what, it's what Aramaic-speaking people... By the way, that was Jesus' native language. When his mother Mary taught him how to talk as a baby, he first learned Aramaic. And it's what you'll hear Aramaic-speaking children, even to this day, run around yelling, Abba, Abba. It means Daddy, Daddy. It means Father. It means I belong to you and, and you belong to me. No matter what you've been through, no matter what you've done, God hears your cry, Abba, Father, and God cries back and He says, we'll take them. <laughs> when the fullness of time had come, in His perfect timing, God sent His perfect gift for a perfect purpose so that you might belong to Him as His child. And I hope you see that in God's perfect timing and I hope you see that that's more than just about 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem. It's about the moment when you cry out to Him today. It's about that moment when your hurt and your sin has you down, when you finally break and you say, I can't do this on my own. In God's perfect timing, He is there. He is always there just in the nick of time. And so whatever you need today, trust His timing, trust His gift, and trust His purpose you trust that whatever the sin whatever it is that you are most ashamed of that does not get the last word about you whatever your hurt whatever your pain it doesn't own you and God stands ready with a open heart with open arms and his home open to receive you as his child whatever your need God stands ready to meet it today let's stand and pray Father, we've read about Your Son's birth in this world. We've read about he, how He came when the fullness of time had come. He, he came in Your perfect timing as Your perfect gift for a perfect purpose. Father, that's about more than just the Christmas story. That's our story. That's the story of, of our need, of our hopelessness met in Your perfect timing. And Father, for those who might be here today who feel lost and alone and hopeless and hurt, we thank You for meeting us in Your perfect timing today. And I pray that no matter the need, how overwhelming it might be, that they would know the promise You have through Your Son, Jesus, our Savior. It's in His name we pray. Amen. Go in peace.